she said, Deacon from a land down under Where women glow and man thunder Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder? Yeah You better run, you better take cover Yeah You better run, you better take cover Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Sidearm Nation podcast, a unique baseball podcast. Today, we have former Padres left-handed pitcher and creator of Location Nation, Dustin Pease. Thanks for coming on, Dustin. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm uh, looking forward to doing doing some talking about sidearm. And uh, I was excited to do an interview years ago when you, uh, when you kind of invited me to do that that writing. I love it. And I've actually, I actually enjoyed reading all the ones that you got from all the different pitchers. It was kind of good to read through those guys. Yeah, it's always kind of fun for me personally just to kind of learn everyone's story on kind of why they dropped down. But I guess, you know, first things first, Dustin, could you talk to us kind of your story about your arm slot? Yeah, sure. So it was kind of going back into where I kind of left off on the website for you. Um, you know, it was an interesting reason for me, I suppose. And I guess it was earlier than most people because it seems like a lot of the stories I read with guys who drop down with their sidearm, um, they, they, it seems as if they do it later in their career as if like maybe things aren't quite working the way they want, or they're trying to do something different or um, they're not getting as much out of like their pitching arm or um, they're not getting the results they want throwing like from a conventional delivery. So that seems to be like, a, I guess somewhat of a conventional story. Mine was a little bit different, I guess. Um, Cause I, I chose so early. Uh, I was in ninth grade, actually eighth going into ninth grade. And <laughs> I had this delusional idea that I wanted to play major league baseball. And, um, you know, I was five foot nine and very, very weak and very, very light. And I'm not a very big kid at all, but, um, and my pitching coach at the time was Tom Baith. I know you're familiar with him. Yes. Yes. Um, he, uh, he was with the Baltimore Orioles on batting practice for them, catching bullpens for them. And he had a really good, uh, you know, just really good resume with like, with being in that, that type of baseball. And uh, he kind of had an idea of like where the game was heading in terms of like specialty pitchers and, um, you know, matching matchups and things like that. And, you know, I was as open to anything uh, from that sense to what I could do. So, you know, he kind of recommended like, Hey, let's, let's drop down for a sidearm. And he gave me like a week to think about it. And I took some time, thought about it and uh, just decided then like heading into high school, I was like, yeah, let's do this. Like, I really want to get it after it and um i spent like most of my high school years like perfecting the delivery and um i just really wanted to be different and that was kind of like the whole point like i just feel like i wasn't going to be like that prolific you know i didn't have like the genetics to like stand out uh among like so many incredibly big athletes and i was just trying to find a way and to, to look different that i could stand out so that was like another driving factor too and I guess, Dustin, like what pitches did you throw and kind of velo wise, where were you at? Yeah. So like from in high school or like, as I went through my career, um, I guess maybe kind of as you went through your career. Yeah. So like in high school, um, again, that's one of the things I noticed. I wasn't throwing real hard in high school, but you know, from like a velocity timeline for me, um, even as I dropped down, um, that was right around 70 miles an hour, um, throwing sidearm as a freshman. Um, in high school. And then I kind of like through by the, by the time I graduated, I was up around upper seventies. I was touching 80. And, um, and then I was, I was able to get, I still was able to garner a scholarship to Mount St. Mary's, which is a division one school. Um, 
prior to them, prior to meeting them, I was actually, I mean, I wasn't getting a lot of division one opportunities in terms of like people who were interested. So I was committed to go to a division two school in the Carolinas called Pfeiffer university. Um, so, but I, de- I ended up decommitting from them and, and going to the Mount because the Mount showed some interest late. And, um, I was, I had a really good show. I was on a very good showcase team at that point, And uh, I was able to stand out in that way. So I was right around 80 miles an hour at that point, like going into college. And then by the time I was in college as a freshman, I was topping out at 84. So I was like 81 to 83. I was about 18 years old at that point. And then as I got into pro ball, so four years later, um, I wasn't that much faster. I was about 84 to 85, 83 to 85. And then by the time I finished my career, I was about 85, 86. So in double A when I was in San Diego, I was 85, 86. I was topping out at 89. Um, but you know, I, <laughs> that was when I was younger, I would have never even envisioned I could have gotten close to 90. And it's just crazy how, like, as, as life went on, I was just, I constantly long toss and I was constantly training and I was, I stuck with my arm slot and I was able to get run, you know, I was able to run my velo up like decently high. So, um, high enough to, you know, get close to the big leagues. So, you know, I think that was a pretty good entry, pretty good velocity timeline for me. And I guess velocity, Dustin, it's definitely a question I get asked all the time from, from players and just, you know, how do I gain more velocity from the lower arm slot? And it's something I definitely struggle with. Like the harder I threw from there, the, the, my ball would flatten out. I'd actually pitch worse. You know, I was kind of better 82, 84, but when I got up to, you know, 88, I, I wasn't, wasn't good, but is, do you have any kind of thoughts on that? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I hear that a lot too, sometimes, not just from a uh, sidearm, but just like pitchers in general, it seems like yes. sometimes like they find themselves at like a certain velo where it's like their, their pitches play a certain way and then they start, you know, getting more forceful and add more effort in and the ball starts to flatten out and, you know, I kind of feel like that has something to do with like just the way you finish your pitch and the tension in your fingers and in your hand, um, and potentially like just the flexible, like the, that tension, like that looseness, you kind of lose that a little bit when there's like that much force, but that's just me, uh, speculating. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like, yeah, I feel like you're right. Like if, if you kind of lose that movement, cause movement's critical generally for a side armor, you know, you, you want the ball to move cause you're not throwing as hard. Yes. Um, but I feel like, uh, for, for me, um, yeah, I, I always, in my mind, I was, I was like, all right, you know, I, I know what my velocities are like, okay, I'm 84 to 85, you know, and it's like, why am I going to try to throw 89 every pitch when it's, when it's only 89, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's still not that fast So it's, when you, when you look at like what people, what batters would consider fast, you know? like a, like a low 90 or a mid nineties. It was like, what am I, what am I really trying to do here? You know? So it's like, um, I always felt like, you know, I want to rely on my, my movement. I want to get the ball where I needed it to go. And, and I found a lot of success in just trusting that. Um, and you know, it, a lot of the times it would depend on like the, the, the situation, you know, if it's like an O2 or a one, two, or depending on how the count plays out, maybe I try to pump up a little bit, but you know, I just generally found that if I tried to do that all the time, it just was going to, it was going to hinder my ability to execute pitches and stuff. So, um, for me though, I mean, I, it did seem like when I threw it a little harder, it, it would still move about the same, but it just required more energy and it was, it was harder to, 
it was harder to execute it consistently. So I'm sure you can relate with that too. Yeah. And, and it's definitely some too, like, obviously, you know, when I was going kind of three or four days in a row, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the VLO just kind of naturally <laughs> wasn't there, but I actually ended up probably pitching better. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You just find a way to make it work. <laughs> and then Dustin, how did you pitch differently to lefties and righties? Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. Um, people, that's one of the, I mean, if it's, if it's, I don't really brag that much about pitching, but when, when people talk to me about pitching and then and they ask me questions specifically like this, I mean, I do like to brag about how I got lefties out because that was, <laughs> that was one of the main things I felt like was like my job was like to just embarrass lefties like through my whole career. Um, and you know, I kind of, I kind of learned that and I feel like I kind of like had that type of, uh, mindset instilled in me from Tom, like starting in high school, he was like, you know, lefties, you get, he's like, you got to see them as automatic outs. Like they're just outs immediately, like before they even step in the box. <laughs> and it was just kind of, that's just kind of like the mindset I carried like all the way until when I finished baseball. Um, but yeah, I, I did pitch them differently. Like I felt like I just, um, I threw a lot more breaking balls to lefties, obviously. Um, they, they struggled mightily against me over six years of pro ball. They batted 167. And then it was lower than that, you know, prior to pro ball. So they didn't do well off me in general. Um, so, you know, a lot of, a lot of breaking balls, a lot of sliders away, um, fastballs, fastballs in and out, you know, it was easy to kind of run my fastball in on lefties just because of the movement and then fastballs away. It was just difficult for them to stay on that angle for so long. And, um, you know, when you're hitting the corner, it just makes it even harder for them. So, um, I generally didn't throw a lot of change-ups to them. I just felt like they were going to have to prove they could hit my best pitch. And that's the one I relied on. And, and they, and they generally couldn't. So um, righties, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I did pitch well enough to get righties out. I was able to pitch far enough into the game to, to prove that I could do well against them too. I utilized my change-up more against righties. You know, I, I, from high A to double A, I, I, I mainly threw fastballs inside to righties and use my off speed away. I didn't throw a lot of pitches out over the plate. I didn't want to throw, sorry, I didn't throw a lot of my fastballs out over the plate because uh, from a locational standpoint, that doesn't do my fastball much justice. Uh, you know, when you throw pitches outside, it's generally a slower pitch in terms of timing. So I kind of utilize more inside fastballs and then change up slow and away slider, backdoor sliders, back foot sliders here and there. But, um, you know, just a lot of hard and soft away on rabies. So did you kind of get pigeonholed a little bit, like kind of that loogie role, or you were okay with that? I mean, I was okay with it. I mean, again, that was that was kind of like what was envisioned for me from the start for Tom, and me and him would butt heads a lot, a lot through <laughs> high school because he was actually coaching my high school team. I, I wanted to start. Like, I wanted to pitch. Like, I wanted yeah. to pitch a lot of innings. Like, and like a loogie role and uh, a starting pitcher are not the same thing at all. Like that's the two totally different ends of the spectrum. And I just wanted to prove that I was like a badass pitcher. Like I just want, I wanted to go out there and like demonstrate that I could get everybody out and, and, and be that exception, I suppose. Like that's just the way that I was thinking. And, and I did that in the indie ball. Like I did, I was like a, a I guess like a hybrid in Winnipeg for a couple of years. Then I went to Windy City and I was like, told them I wanted to be a starter and they wanted to be a reliever. And I was like, no, no, I'm starting. So they let me start the whole year. And I did fine, but I didn't dominate, I guess, the way that I, I could have until I went to Wichita and I just embraced the role as a left-handed sidearm reliever where I'm getting a ton of appearances coming in, getting my guys out, you know, things like that. And um, that's when San Diego picked me up and, 
you know, they, they put you in that kind of role ish, but not really in, in affiliated ball because, you know, they're just putting guys out there to get their innings in. They're not really, you know, I've said this over, they're not trying to win games. So they're not, you're not going in to face one guy. You might be going in to get your one or two innings in. Um, but it wasn't until I embraced that role that I actually broke into affiliated ball. So had I done it a little sooner <laughs> and didn't be so hard-headed about it, you know, maybe, maybe a little sooner. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's definitely something like, I know even talking to some right-handed batters, like obviously they had a better look than lefties, but even I found like some righties weren't comfortable facing me or they said they weren't, it's just a different look. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's, I've had a lot of righties say the same thing. Like they don't, they, they don't really like, I guess it's the movement aspect for them. Um, I found that the better right-handed hitters that I faced, um, they, they were looking out over the plate. Like, and that's why I started, that's why I found so much more success just throwing my 85, my 85 mile an hour fastball in the inside corner where I would just kind of aim at their belt buckle and let her run back to the corner. And, you know, I, interestingly enough, they just couldn't get the head out. They just, they just would break their bat or they couldn't get the, they could not get the head out on it. And the ones that did basically showed me that off speed away would be better. So, um, the ones that struggle with the fastballs in would just, it would just help me distort their timing a little bit more. But, um, I guess the two things for me would just be my, my two pitches to righties that I threw the most were fastballs in and, and backdoor sliders. And then the changeup was just kind of like a, like a help pitch. <laughs> it's kind of like that's something a little bit different that they're not seeing, especially as you face like some of those really, really good prospects. Um, guys, you know, actually know how to hit just something different, but um, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely something like the, the change up. I had a decent change up over the top in college, but you know, in pro ball, when I dropped down, I, I really struggled with the change up, but I, Kind of eventually, like I just, I would drop down a little bit more on my change up against a righty. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was only really probably facing them very rarely anyway, and kind of had some success with that. Like, is there anything change up wise that helped you? Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I, I feel like for what it's worth, like I would, if I hadn't been so hard headed and like spent as much time pitching, like starting and throwing that many innings, I may not have found that the usefulness of that pitch. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if I, if I only ever embraced coming in and getting lefties out or coming in and facing a few guys here and there, not logging in as much experience, throwing the change up more to righties and facing more righties then I may not have really ever um, found how much use it it could have been to me, which it was, it was extremely useful for me in double A. Um, High A, you know, is not as not much as needed, but um, for me, like in, in double A, you know, it was definitely very useful and, and being able to kind of have that fade down and away from them after them seeing those fastballs in. Um, but yeah, I would just say th- obviously throwing it more, um, throwing it more to, to righties if you're facing as a lefty facing righties. As, as a righty, I mean, this is the same thing for a right handed side when we're facing a lefty because I found the same issues for them too. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. They tried to just throw breaking balls and, you know, breaking a right handed submarine breaking ball to a lefty is you know if you miss and the same thing for me if, if we miss on the back door and it just floats over the plate it's usually not good for us <laughs> just right into their bat path <laughs> right it's just like an automatic home run like it's just like it's like the way the planes work it's just an automatic home run so it's like <laughs> something that's just going away from them other than your fastball you know i just feel like it is definitely useful um 
so yeah <laughs> yeah there, there's definitely some pitches i remember just out of my hand like oh yeah no that's not good <laughs> <laughs> oh it's it's always right out of their hand you're like ah crap that's not going to be on the corner yeah lefty i that's could going, definitely that's get going away with that the, <laughs> yeah that not getting away with this one and it would just float right into their barrel and i hate one and i guess yeah. dustin i know it's a little tricky question but is there any mechanical tips that you'd have yeah i mean I had an issue um, that I had trouble to um, uh, find until I was done playing. <laughs> Interestingly enough, I had a, I had a, I had a really good cue um, that worked for me as a freshman in college, and um, I did not find it again until I was done playing baseball. And I, and I don't know how, I don't know how I even made it through my career, like getting getting guys out the way that I did without being able to do what I knew I did as a freshman in college. And, and it was unfortunate. And I just, I wish I would either found someone or had someone look at my video from college that could help me figure it out. But I just couldn't like nobody could help me see what I was doing differently. But um, for me, it was, uh, it was my lead arm. You know, my lead arm was more like a lateral movement, like a, like a cross, like let's, let's say it's like moving from like second base to home plate rather than like a vertical movement. So that, that as a side armor or as a low slot guy, like for me, for me, not everyone, you know, when I raise my lead arm in more of a vertical direction, let's just say like from my shoe to the sky, um, that helped me stay closed a lot longer and, um, create a little bit more separation in my body. And it's, it's harder. I feel like it's a little difficult to do that when you kind of tilt over the way that we do. Um, true. But I, for me, I created a little bit more when my lead arm was um, moving in more of like a vertical direction. So uh, I didn't figure that it's a very, <laughs> it's a very distinct thing to see like on camera, like when you're watching someone pitch, it's hard to see what direction and how the lead arm is moving. But for me, it was a, a critical thing that could have helped me be even better than I was if I had it going. But generally like for sidearm guys, like it's just body tilt, you know, there, it seems like the body tilt is inconsistent sometimes and they don't realize like where, their whole upper torso is and like that con the consistency of like where their body is is what generally creates their arm slot so i feel like some guys like things that affect them are like the mound slope or the height or the grade of, of like or being like just playing catch out there and like getting loose for the game they don't realize like where their body position position is their upper body um sometimes guys you know try to like sling it like more from like an upright position rather than like a bent position. Um, and I feel like that, I feel like that's harder to do. I feel like it's a little bit harder on the arm. Yes. Um, but I feel like, you know, if I could say for one thing, it just be, if somebody's like working on it or trying to be better with it, is just to try to make sure their upper torso, like from your belt up to your head is in the same line bent over as you throw it for sure. Yeah. It's kind of, I had a habit too, where I'd almost kind of pop up too soon. I found yeah yeah and yep. that's I feel like, definitely yeah. where i'd start putting some extra stress on my arm i found and kind of almost forgetting to use my legs or lower half yeah one of the cues that tom would use me when i was learning was uh stay with it like like you know you're down there with yeah. your with the ball you're, you're down there it's like and you want to stay with it through your release you know don't pull away from it don't come come away from it you know try to stay with your release as in like where you put your body on your way like as you're as you're striding towards your landing like try to stay with your release point and uh it is it's it's just it's hard to do like when yeah. you're learning like it's just, you, you 
you know, um, physics just tells you, you want to like get some leverage and stand up a little bit. Um, so it just makes it difficult. But at the end of the day, like some of the best compliments I got from, um, I guess batters that I faced and, and coaches is this, like how, how I would, my angle that I created was like so deep or steep. And I feel like you can't create that angle unless you stay in that lower slot as you're letting go of the ball. And it's fun to watch the Japanese guys do it because they're so, oh, I don't know how they do it. <laughs> yeah. It's really fun to watch them because they, they, they're so effortless, like through that movement. And it's just, it's really cool to see it for me. I felt like I was actually using as much energy as I could. Um, they look more fluid. Yes. Yeah, they definitely do. <laughs> yeah. And I guess Dustin, like what would be your favorite part about pitching from down under? Um, I feel, well, funny enough, like, I mean, just well, one, just being different, but two, you know, throughout my career, just watching people imitate me, <laughs> it was always kind of fun to watch people imitate the way that I pitched. Um, I, I always felt like that was a cool thing that, that people would uh, do. But, uh, I think the fun part was just like, kind of like knowing that what the batter was about to see was just not what they normally see. And I felt like that was always something that made the game more fun for me. I was like, this guy's stepping in the box. Like what's about to happen? Like, I really don't want to be here. I don't want to be facing this guy. And again, that's kind of like, that kind of goes back to like the decision from eighth grade. Like the same reason, the same way a guy doesn't want to really probably doesn't want to step into the box and face someone throwing 97 or 98. You know, it's the same type of thing I was trying to create too. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like, I don't, I don't want them feeling calm. I don't want them being like, oh, I own this guy. I want them, I want them to be uneasy. So that, you know, that kind of was my favorite part of it too, for sure. <laughs> no, it's definitely true. Right. I mean, it's almost, I mean, it's, I'm definitely lefty lefty for both of us. Like, it's almost like I, I kind of knew that it's not like they were in that box swinging for the fence. Yeah. Yeah, it was, if, they, if they did hit a home run, it was kind of like a lot of times, like just, you know, you make friends with batters over the career. Like, oh, I don't even know, man. I just close my eyes. <laughs> like, I don't I didn't even I, I ran into it. You know, it's it's <laughs> I mean, and that's just, sometimes you face this humble guys like that. But like, I don't I generally don't think they would rather they'd rather hit off somebody normal. That's just the way that the batter would think. Like, so <laughs> we're not normal people. We're weird. No. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess Dustin, you touched on a little bit earlier, but could you talk to us a little bit about kind of your indie ball career? Yeah. So, you know, I just, I knew, you know, didn't throw real hard, you know, wasn't the prolific, you know, athlete that you're probably going to see get drafted in a high round. Um, I, that cue that I was talking about in freshman year, I, I never recovered it. You know, through if I was able to maintain it through college, I, I could have really done something. I could, I probably would have got drafted. I was able to maintain that type of output, but I, you know, losing that, I think hindered everything for me. It hindered velo growth and it hindered my consistency and my breaking ball. Um, and I was able to kind of get get it back just enough to be where I needed to be, which was just make it into pro ball. You know, so um, going undrafted, you know, indie ball presents a great career. Uh, a great um a great opportunity to kind of further your baseball career and hopes to get picked up um but i feel like you know indie ball was uh it was unique you know it, it was kind of like how the game like as a left-handed reliever when you're when you're asked to like kind of go into those roles you know you, i kind of was thrown into that right away you know 
Um, and then at, over time, I was started. I was able to actually grab some starts with Winnipeg, um, which I would have never expected because I just figured I'd be le- relieving his lefty. Um, but yeah, I feel like you know learning how the game is played in that sense, like the situation, situational lefty, like when you when you need to get ready, when you need to, when you need to get loose, who you're going to face, and knowing the lineup. Um, trying to figure out more of like what they do and don't like, even though I feel it as a, the hitter that is like just trying to learn more about the, the strategy of the game. Um, I feel like that's what you're going to learn in indie ball, like essentially how the game is played at the big league level. You know, I feel like the indie ball level is played very similarly to that. And you know, there's more strategy involved, better, more decision-making matchups, things like that. You know, minor league baseball, not so much. It's just more like go out there and play the game and we're going to track your stats, you know? Um, Definitely not as much matchups. It's kind of like, oh, you got a few. You know, I, I was put into games where I'm just like facing righties. You know, again, there's obviously, and there might have been like four lefties in the lineup, but it's just not how I fell in the lineup when they put you in. That's a minor league baseball. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like indie ball just kind of definitely taught me a lot more about like professional strategy, even compared to college. And it was, uh, it was fun. And then out of indie ball, Dustin, you signed with the Padres. Could you talk to us a little bit about that experience? Yeah. So with San Diego, you know, I kind of, I played, like I picked up after I played with Wichita. So I had a good season with Wichita. They picked me up and, um, and went out there to play. Like I went to high, I went to spring training. I broke with uh high A like Elsinore team. And then I pitched well there in 11. And then I um, had the off season and we pitched, uh, they advanced me to double A the following year. Um, pitched well there. I feel like I had a pretty good year, but it wasn't, you know, exceptional. It wasn't as, as good, I guess, as you could say, high A was. And then I uh, went back to uh, spring training the following year for that. I was actually thinking, like, I, I thought I pitched well enough to maybe advance, um, but I was released about two weeks into spring training um, with San Diego um, that year. I uh, had an okay spring training that year. I mean, I only pitched for about two weeks. Um, so really only about a week because the first week you're not facing anybody. Um, so... Um, you know, it was generally, you know, that was kind of where I was trying to get to in terms of trying to get to the big leagues. Like that was a, that was my opportunity to get there. And, um, you know, it was in terms of like, just trying to, uh, show what I could do. I was just happy to have that opportunity to, to do it. Um, but it was, uh, it was tough. (laughs) It's tough. Uh, Dustin, like, would you have any advice for like, as a relief pitcher, like kind of that mindset and kind of warming up or, you know, not throwing too many pitches? Would you have any, any, any advice from that standpoint? Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's funny. Cause like when I, when I retired from quote unquote retired from baseball, I went on to go coach at Mount St. Mary's, which was a division one university, the place where I actually played. And, um, you know, I found that was this odd, hard, a hard topic for anybody in the bullpen. You know, um, so in terms of like whether you're a sidearm ready or a regular conventional pitcher in the bullpen in general, um, I feel like the things that helped me were just learning, like, or just reading the game. <laughs> and I know that sounds so so strange, but like, you know, it, when we had the lineup set, we kind of had like we did we put roles on our um we put the role of pitchers like on our lineup cards. So guys had a somewhat of an idea of like, if they were going to be long that day or short or closing or setting up or like maybe situational, we will put all that on our cards. So I feel like guys just for whatever reason, it, and it, it just seems so second nature to me because I had just spent seven years doing it, you know, 
they just weren't reading the game or paying attention enough to the game to be like, all right, this guy has walked three and it's the second inning and the long relievers are just still sitting on the booty, you know, and we're we're already down two runs, you know, so just paying attention, you know, in terms of like stretching out and playing catch and getting loose and being ready. I don't think there's any, I think, I think most pitchers understand, like know how to do that. But in terms of a game, I don't think they, like you, maybe to your point, they don't know when or, gotcha. or when it's okay. Um, so just, you know, paying attention to the game and like maybe knowing what you're trying to know, your role, what might be for that game. Um, again, obviously showcase is different. You're just going to, you know, exactly when you're going to pitch. So like that's, that's easy. Um, but in college baseball, like, there's always so much complaining and it's usually from the coaching staff and the, or it's from the players. It's like, why well, you got me up four or five times. And, and that might be your next question, you know, like, well, well, how, how do you manage how much you're going to throw when you tell me to get it loose? And you tell me to get loose four times. It's like, well, you can, you can manage what you're doing to, to stay ready, but not be hot, you know, or get too cold. Um, you know, I feel like if you want to pitch in the game, then you got to figure out, you got to find that formula on your own, you know? Yeah. And it's like, all right, at some point, like something has to give, like, I mean, the coaching side, you know, getting somebody up four or five times, that's a little bit excessive. But <laughs> for, for me, like for, if it was me, I wouldn't, I mean, I'm like, all right, by the fifth time, like I still have a chance to go in this game. Like I want to pitch in this game, you know? So I'm going to, I didn't even care. Like I got to the point in baseball where like when they told me to get loose, I just put my hat up. I didn't even, I didn't even throw a ball and I would just tell them that I was ready. Cause I, I, I knew, I knew how to get ready. Like as soon as I needed to be ready and I could stay ready or not. And that's just the thing. I just feel like more players could probably try to do a better job of figuring out how to be ready when they need to be ready. Um, and understanding that time frame. but you know, it probably does take a little bit of coaching. <laughs> <laughs> no. And that's true. I mean, and definitely a good point. Like I would always try, like, I mean, Hey, I was always loose, right? Or I always kind of made sure I let my coach know, like you said, Pat, even if maybe I, I wasn't, but maybe sometimes like that's just something me, like especially in pro ball, I felt like I had to do that, right? I mean, <laughs> if you're the guy that yeah. needs five minutes to get loose when they need you to get a lefty and the next batter or you need an hour to get loose, like that's not going to work, right? <laughs> right, right. You got to you gotta fix that. Like that's like a... If you, if that's what you have to do, you need to fix that. That's something you got to work on. You know, um, for me, like by the time I went to, like I said, Wichita and I really embraced that role, you know, fifth inning rolls around, I'm moving around. Like I'm stretching out and actually like doing some like, um, plyometrics, getting my blood flowing a little bit. I go knock out some bands by the sixth inning. If I haven't gone in yet, um, I'll get the bands done in the fifth. If I have an inkling that things are changing and that towards that, you know, reading the game. And uh, you know, I'm not playing catch or anything, but I'm, I'm like ready to start playing catch. I'm, like, I'm ready to go if I need to play catch. Um, and I feel like that's <laughs> that's usually the issue, right? Like guys sitting on the bench the whole time out there, the pen, or he's sitting in, in there with his team and then like, hey, I need you to pitch. And the dude hasn't done anything to be ready to do it at all, you know? And that's that's cold. Like you're not even like slightly close to warm. So, yeah. Um, and it, it seems it might kind of seem like such a trivial thing, like as a as like a, maybe an outsider looking at the game. But like, it, I mean, honestly, like I feel like a lot of injuries blow up this way. You know, guys just aren't ready, and that's that's spring training's issues with with 
major league players, that's, that's a lot of issues. Like how you're, you prepare yourself to throw and, and making sure you're ready to throw is, is critical. So um, how much you throw, obviously in the pen and like up and down, up and down, and especially for guys like us, like sidearmers, like you could, you could not, you could, you could not, you could, you could not, but that's why you sit there and you like pace how many throws you're getting in, you know? Yeah. Um, you get another eight when you get into the game you know, you get another eight warmups when you get in the games. So it's just like, I don't know. It just takes a little, I definitely take some coaching for sure to help guys figure that out. And then Dustin, you kind of started uh, location nation. Could you talk to us kind of how that came about? Yeah, sure. So, you know, when I, um, ironically, like the location nation, uh, aspect kind of came up from coaching at the Mount and, uh, you know, I coached at the Mount at Mount St. Mary's for a little over two years and, you know, it was a really good experience with those guys and it was a really good experience coaching and kind of getting my feet wet doing that. Um, but you know, from what I experienced working with that, that college staff is just, you know, the, the way and the impact, like the way that baseball culture has on like young pitchers. And, um, you know, when I got there, like the, the numbers for the pitching staff was they weren't great. You know, they had a lot of walks, a lot of hits, um, like, I think they led the league in walks two years before I showed up. And then we did improve those numbers while I was there. Um, we got the hits down a little bit. Um, first pitch strike percentage. We were able, we were able to improve the numbers as a staff. And then some of the pitchers, I'd say half the staff really embraced what we were working on and, and they really thrived. One of them was able to go on and play professionally after, after that. Um, but, uh, location nation kind of started just because of, like velocity and location and the execution and like commanding pitches and like actually pitching um, compared to just throwing. And I feel like major league baseball and just like the, the upper echelon of baseball like is always like, obviously you need to throw harder. You need to throw harder. You need to throw harder. And we had a lot of guys that threw like decently hard, you know, mid to upper eighties. We had a couple guys that were 88 to 91. Um, and we, so they had some filthy stuff. Like th- these guys had like some stuff. Um, but it was all like, it was a lot of max effort, a lot of max effort, a lot of not knowing where it was going. And, um, I feel, I just feel like the game, the culture of the game just has a stranglehold. I felt like it had a stranglehold on like those, on like pitcher, young pitchers in general. It's like, they just couldn't learn how to have more control of themselves, more control of the zone, more command. Um, and you know, when I was there, I kind of implemented a system that, there was like a 12 or 13 step process for, for the staff, like working with the team that, that worked really well um, that I haven't published yet. This might be the, actually the next thing I published. The first book I put out wasn't that at all. It was just a, it was just like a guide to like working on command. This next one I put it out will actually be what I did with those players up and out for a pitching staff. But I just felt like I had a bigger message. You know, it was, it was like so um hard to watch these guys like fail over and over and over again and then it's when they wanted to play professionally but like they were nowhere near where they needed to be and you know effort and throwing hard and velocity it was just like it was like robbing them from like in-game success like these guys could have been really good like at maybe a few miles an hour slower and it, it was just hard to see that and it's like i feel like more pitchers could be more successful at the game and um not everybody is going to play professionally I mean, it's only what, like 1%? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like 3%. It's like, and it's just like, I feel like more guys could be more useful and more effective than they are. And, for, you know, it's, I started Location Nation on Twitter. I didn't know what would happen. I just felt like I had a bigger message and it really seemed to resonate with people. And 
I just enjoy talking about location. And I, I obviously it's like a critical piece to pitching. So yes. um, I'm just trying to put out as much, as much information as I can on helping guys acquire that skill and just learn more about how to get people out. Is that something like, I know you touched on a little bit, but like kind of the game today with, you know, all velo and weighted balls and stuff like that part is, is what are your thoughts on that, Dustin? Yeah, I think that's kind of like where they were when I got there. Gotcha. It was kind of like they're just trying to find like all these different things to help build their effort or build their output, like raw output, like just like how hard and strong could they do their pitch or their throw rather, their throw. Yeah. And there, there was just very little um, knowledge and IQ on just like how to effectively use what they have, uh, let alone like the ability to, to throw it where it needs to go. Um, it's just like a, an average to marginal rate, like just like a general rate that would be useful. Like it was just hard to get that type of the pitches in the zone. Um, and then just like effectively using the better accounts. But uh, yeah, I just feel like, and that's what you see on social media. Like, and that's, <laughs> so I go on social media, I start this account and this is all I see all over social media. Like, I don't see anybody that started or has anything out there that's like talking about pitching. And obviously we know pitching is important, but it, I just, again, I feel like there's so many pitchers that maybe are like 92, 93 that just aren't any good. And that sucks. That sucks for them. Like, okay, maybe they got their, they got their opportunity. Um, but when are they going to learn how to use what they have? Because in my opinion, you're not going to be able to learn to be able to use what you have. Like, let's see you are 92, 93, and you aren't able to like throw it where you need to go at a consistent rate, or you don't know how to effectively use your pitches around the zone to, to use them the way that they should be. You're not going to be able to learn how to do that at that effort level. You're going to have to figure out a way to, to get back to that effort level with more command. And the only way build that is to lower your effort level to learn in my opinion just through the research i've done and life um but yeah i just you know i was just trying to, again trying to do something different a different approach because i feel like everybody needs a different approach from time to time and i found that person that's a little bit of a different approach then it's obviously worked for some i've had we've gotten great feedback on the first book and um i generally feel like most people are looking for more content on pitching command and like how do you get better at it and you just don't find it anywhere and it sucks <laughs> no i mean it definitely it, it makes sense though and and definitely good on you for coming up with that because it, it it is definitely seems to be just kind of velo 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 recently yeah and again that's just it, i mean obviously we want more velo like obviously we do like you know back to like one of the first things i said like earlier like i would have loved to have like sat 89 like i would have loved to have, i would have loved to have sat 89 but i i could i couldn't sit at 89 effectively like and that and that's why i was able to play in double a throwing 86 or 85 because i could be really really good throwing at 86 you know and if i tried to throw 89 every single pitch it was not going to be effective um and i, th I think there's like pedigrees of velocity like that all across the board, you know, whether you're throwing 81 and you can be more effective at 81 than you could be trying to throw 86. Same thing for the upper echelon. Like, could you be at 94 trying to throw 98? It's like, it, we're always pushing for more. And it's like, we, it's like they just, it's like either the pitchers don't know, or it's just, like I said, there's a stranglehold on effort by the culture of baseball. And guys are always trying to throw past what they can be effective at. Um, 
Yeah, obviously we want more velocity. And I feel like you got to find like that, that area just below red line that you can be really good. Um, I long tossed a lot, you know, long toss is what I attribute all my VLO gains to. And we do a lot of long toss here in Maryland and we've seen great results and great things with, with what we're doing with that. Um, we're not seeing a lot of arm injuries. We don't use weighted balls. We don't do anything crazy. Uh, we don't, we, you know, we do some pull downs, but we do them all while, while we're doing long toss with a target. So um, that's been really effective for us with uh, training guys out here. Did you personally, Dustin, did you long toss from the lower slot? I tried to stay in my slot for as long as I could. Yep. What I mean by that is like as, as far as I got out, like I tried to stay in my slot as far as I could. And then the further I got out, I generally would pop up some, which I didn't, I never thought was good. Um, but I just felt like if I was trying to get further and further and further, my physics was like your body just kind of naturally tries to, to, to find that leverage. Um, and I felt like it was like a catch 22 because I feel like if you're, if you're popping to get leverage at that distance, then you might do that on the mound. And then it's yeah. harder. Like I said, from the beginning, it's harder to stay with it, quote unquote, through your release point. Um, but yeah, I tried to stay as low as I could for as long as I could. And, you know, I got pretty good at it, you know? Um, and uh, I think that would be advice I would probably suggest to someone too, is just trying to stay with your slot for as long as you can while you're long tossing. And Dustin, did you have many teammates that were sidearm submarine pitchers? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you know one of them, Brian Boyning. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we played in Columbia together. <laughs> yeah, one of my <laughs> – he had some funny stories about you in Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, Brian's great. Um, I mean, I mean, I played baseball for a long time, so obviously I, I played with a bunch of guys that threw from a lower arm slot, and I would always kick it with them and try to figure out how they got there and learn. And that's why I love what you're doing because – you're just trying to find, you're trying to create like that, like nest of like everybody. So we could all kind of talk about like where we got, how we got there, what we feel. And it's such a cool thing because I feel like there wasn't this for, I would have loved this. Like when I first started, like learning about how people did it, why they did it, what they did to like, while they were like processing through that change or whatever, um, that would have been so cool. So I feel like this is just such a great thing that you're doing to kind of like help guys, um, be more confident in the change or like, and just learn more about it. But uh, yeah, I would say at least every team I played on, there was at least one other sidearm, at least one usually. Yeah. I mean, the camps have definitely been fun to set up too. And just to kind of see all the guys almost like at the beginning of camp kind of shy, or maybe like a little bit, like it's almost kind of weirdly like they're embarrassed to be a sidearm pitcher a little bit. But then once <laughs> they meet everyone, it's like <laughs> at the end of the camp, everything's everyone's changed. So it's kind of, yeah, it's been fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's cool. It's like it's almost like it's like you it, you know everybody's like had that something like switched in their mind, <laughs> and somehow, some way, something came into their brain to be like, I should try this. And it's like I feel like in that sense, like you connect with everybody in that way, because I feel like that's just a cool thing. Because um, it is, it's it's unconventional, and uh, I feel like we we connect well in that way. Most of us sidearmers. Like even uh, Roy Smith has came to a few and he was in Maryland and he kind of like associates. It's almost like an AA meeting, but <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds about right. <laughs> That's funny. And Dustin, it's just time for our ninth inning call to the bullpen. So it's just going to be some random questions just to learn a little bit more about you. Sounds good. What do you got? Favorite NHL team. 
So I don't really watch a lot of NHL, but I, I played a lot of NHL video games growing up. <laughs> and um, I liked playing with, with two teams. One was the Anaheim Ducks. And two, because I like, I watch Mighty Ducks all the time. And then two was the Pittsburgh Penguins. I don't know why. I just like Penguins. So, favorite travel destination? Travel destination? Yes. Um, as in like where I want to go or I've been? Uh, either or. Um, I think the, the most fun place I've been so far is, has been um, on the honeymoon that I went on was the Dominican Republic. Um, there was it was a great resort there. It was a lot of fun. I would definitely love to go back. All-time favorite professional wrestler. Wow. I think I'm going to have to go with Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> favorite sidearm submarine pitcher of all time. Of all time. Wow. I mean, I, I'm going to have to go with the guy that I tried to model myself after, and that was Mike Manifro. And then, Dustin, if you could golf or have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would you like to go with? Wow. Um, let's go with Mike Benefro. Um <laughs> It'd be fun to kick it with him. And how about... I know I've I've been asked this question before and I fail miserably answering <laughs> like all the time. Um, sure, George Washington, and um, let me think here. Let's go with um my grandfather. Would you prefer golf or dinner? I think golf would be best in this situation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> any particular course? Um, I just moved into a neighborhood, uh, that I have, that has a golf course. I haven't golfed it yet. So let's just go with, um, hollow Creek. And then Dustin, if you could be an Olympian in any sport, summer or winter, what sport would you like to do? Mm, I think long, the ski long jump. Oh, like, like, uh, the ski jumping. Yeah. Off the, <laughs> Eddie the Eagle. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's one, I mean, like with the 88 Olympics in Calgary, like the ski jumps are still there. And I, I've been to the top of it and kind of just seen like where I I can't even imagine doing that. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) I feel like it's like this, like fine line between like flying, but knowing you're going to land fine without a parachute. Like, (laughs) no, it's like, with, it's like, with skis it's on. Like I, yeah, I feel like you're like, I got these skis on. I'm like way up in the air. I guess I'll be fine. Though. I feel like that'd be fun. <laughs> and then lastly, Dustin, just going to test your memory a little bit here on the 2007 Winnipeg Gold Eyes. Do you remember the two Canadian pitchers on that roster? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I got to. Uh, wait, 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 wait. I remember a Canadian pitcher from one of my years. I don't know if it was 07, but I, I remember Mike Krasevich. Yes, that's one. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, man, I didn't even – that popped in my head randomly. Yeah. I honestly thought there was only one Canadian on my team both years, and it was Max Poole. 
Yeah, absolutely, Max for sure. Uh, and then this, he, he uh, did pitch though. Uh, he pitched a couple games. For did fun. he? <laughs> yeah. So I'm he, gonna count him. He could play defense. Yeah, he was. Impressive. Oh my gosh, he was incredibly good. Like I think one of the best shortstops I ever played with in pro ball, easily. <laughs> and then the other guy was six foot eight. If six that, foot eight. If that helps. Good lord. Uh that's so tall. <laughs> Brett Lawson? Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's going to love that I remembered that. Too. He gave me such a hard time as a rookie, but he, he was a great guy. He was so much fun. Yeah, and he's actually the guy. He does all my – he did the kind of back-end stuff for Cider Nation. So, I mean, I, if it wasn't for him, I, I'd be so clueless. I have no idea about that stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, Brett. Brett's great. He was actually my locker mate. That's probably why he gave me such a hard time. I was right next to him, so it was easy. Thanks for coming on, Dustin. Is there any shout outs before we sign off? Uh, yeah, I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking I just, uh, I think I hit on everything. Shout outs. like to say hello to my mom and dad ended up listening to this. Hi, mom and dad. Other <laughs> than that, um, thanks for having me on, Jeff. It was a lot of fun. Always talking sidearm. No, I appreciate it, Dustin. She said, Do you come from a land down under? Where women glow and men thunder Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder, yeah You better run, you better take cover, yeah You better run, you better take cover